Recording in progress. Father Lord, in the name of your son, Christ Jesus, we come before you, my God, asking you, my God, to bless us with your presence, Lord. Sanctify this atmosphere. Consecrate our minds and our hearts and our souls. It is our burning desire to close the divide between us and your son, Christ Jesus. Whatever hidden rebellion, whatever sentimentality, whatever consciousness that we are flowing in that isn't the purity of the consciousness of Christ, we claim right now a desire to dismiss it. We claim right now and command right now the power to lay it aside that we might be able to be completely submitted unto you. My God, we want to operate in the Christ character. We want to operate in the Christ consciousness. We want to operate in a oneness with Christ. And wherever there is a distance right now, Father God, we plead the blood of Jesus. We're looking for a holiness that we cannot accomplish in our own doing. We're looking for a holiness we cannot find in our own being. We hunger and we thirst for the holiness of Christ Jesus. And so as our sacred high priest, as our God, as our father, as our messianic leader, we humble ourselves. We yield our hearts and our minds and our soul. We operate in a brokenness and a contrition that the spirit might have his way in our life, that we might have the same mind in us that is in Christ Jesus, that we might have the same mind in us that is in Christ Jesus. I rebuke every lie of the enemy. I rebuke every ministering spirit in your life that is not the Holy Spirit. I shut down and I decree and declare a movement of God in your life right now in this season that transforms your consciousness to another level of glory. I say it right now. You are not stuck. You are not stuck. You are not set back. You have not failed. You have not lost. You are standing in the glory of God. You're standing in the submission of God. You're standing. You're going to stand and you're going to continue to stand because that's what your father wills for your life. And he is sovereign. We serve a sovereign God. And so we yield our consciousness. We yield our minds. We yield our spirit to a greater movement of your son, Jesus Christ. Consecrate this atmosphere, my God. I pray against every spirit of delusion. I pray against every doubt. I pray against every carnal movement in your life right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, our Messiah, the one born to live, to die, to live again for the glory of your righteousness and your love for us. And so we thank you, my God. And here we are, my God. And ours is not a spirit of timidity, but of power and sound mindedness, my God. I rebuke every fear. I rebuke every cowardice. I rebuke every doubt right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We're moving forward, my God. We're moving forward. We're walking in a spirit of expectation, a fresh anointing. It's not going to be the same as yesterday. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. It's not going to be the same as last year. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. It is going to change to a higher level of glory. It is going to change to a higher level of majesty. It must change. It must break. You must lay aside everything that shuts down what God is trying to do in your life. Speak life into your situation. Sometimes you got to lay hands on your own stuff. Stop sitting around waiting for somebody to tell you it's all right to serve your father. To get an indignation. I pray right now for an indignation in your spirit for anything that tries to separate you from the family of God. I pray against every orphan spirit. I pray against every bastard spirit. I pray against every insecurity. I pray against every doubt. I pray against every worry. I pray against every spirit of condemnation right now in the name of Jesus. I pray a Holy Spirit movement in your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We pray for your presence here today, Father God. We pray against human courage. We, we don't want human courage. We want supernatural courage of the Holy Spirit. We pray against human ego. We want to operate in the person of Jesus. Hallelujah. We pray against human pride. Right now, we take pride in the cross of Christ. 
We take pride in the Christ of the cross. We take pride in the movement of the Holy Spirit in our life. Right now, my God, I ask that your glory and your majesty and your grace overshadow us, my God. I pray, Father God, for your mercy, my God. I pray for your glory and your majesty to move in us right now, my God. I pray against every distraction that distracts us from the fullness of the glory. We're moving forward. I rebuke everything that is speaking in your life that is trying to bring up old stuff. It's time to move forward. It's time to move forward. You spent enough time going around the mountain. It's time to move north. We done talked about it. We done prayed about it. We done laid hands about it. We done prophesied to it. But now I say now, dry bones in the valley, rise up. Awake. This is your season. And I pray these things and I pray for an ongoing wisdom of God in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And the body of Christ says, can we get an amen in the house? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's so encouraging to see you here. And we're going to go in deeper and deeper and deeper. Because how many of you know that when you go in, that's when you come out? You know, it's funny. I was, I, I, I be, I'm transparent with you as best I can. And uh, so, you know, I know that there were some people, we, we got, we have people here from all kinds of denominations. So all the Pentecostals are hearing the tongues, amen. And, and then some of the Baptists are going, why does he keep on babbling? <laughs> you know, but listen, I, I, and so I said, you know what, maybe I ought to slow down with the tongue speaking because I don't want to stumble anybody, but I can't. And it just, so it just come out. <laughs> Praise God. They say the spirit of prophet is subject to the, the prophet, but there is a supernatural subconscious movement that the prophet does yield to. Hallelujah. And so there is a powerful movement of God in this season. God is bringing you out. He's taking you out of the situation. And you might say, well, I haven't been plugging in with you guys that consistently. You know, I don't know. Is he taking me out too? Yes. If you, if you connect, you know, when, when you come up with, the, if you connect up with the body, in the movement, if you connect up with the body in a movement, you become a part of that movement. Even if you weren't at the beginning of the movement, you become a part of that movement. Didn't Jesus start a church 2,000 some odd years ago? And that, aren't we Johnny come lately to the scene? Yet we're part of that movement, aren't we? And the blessing upon the body is the blessing upon us. And the blessing upon the apostles is the blessing upon us. So don't worry if you haven't been connecting with us that much. You, you're part of this movement right now. God's doing something in the supernatural for you in this season. But this is serious business. This is not just emotionalism and hype. This is serious business. So in serious business, we have to always be ever learning. That's what the word disciple means, right? And learning doesn't necessarily mean physical knowledge or human knowledge. There is learning in the spirit, right? There's spiritual knowledge. There's divine consciousness. You know, when we were in school back in the day, there was only books, pens, and papers. You Every now and then, they'd roll the TV in and show you a video. Now, these children have iPads. They can hear it audio, video, uh, uh, audio, video, visual, written, all at the same time. Hallelujah. They now can, they can even do immersive teaching now where it's not just audio and video and sound, but it's actually being acted out and submerged all around you. Now, man just came up with that. How many of you know God always operates like that? The Holy Spirit is not going to always talk to you in words. He talks to you in spirit. But the devil is also a spirit. So he also talks to you in spirit as well. And that's the point that we got to shut down the voices of the devil. You understand? We got to shut down those voices so that the devil doesn't get to speak. Now, the devil is often turning himself into an angel of light that he might stumble some. That's what he's always doing. And since he's often turning himself into an angel of light that he might stumble some, we as disciples in Jesus Christ have to learn how to discern spirits. A lot of us have turned over our discernment to the church. You cannot turn over your discernment to the church. That'd be like turning over your children to the school. I don't have any responsibility for my children. That's like turning over your children to the government. I have no obligation to my children other than what the government say. 
Most of us who are family-oriented and none of us who are mature disciples would ever think of such a crazy idea. Surrender my children to the school? Surrender my children to the government? The government don't love my children the way I do. The, the school doesn't know what's best for my child better than I do. No, I might work with the school to educate my children, but it's still my children. And I'm concerned about my children's education. It's still my children, so I'm concerned about what the government might wanna do to my child. And so you, as a child of God, need to not be surrendering over your discernment to anybody. Your discernment is ever growing through the body and the word and the fellowship and the prayer and the consecrations, but you don't surrender your consciousness to other people. You surrender your consciousness to the power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And you test every spirit to see if the spirit confesses Christ. Now, I like to believe in the supremacy of the word of God, so let's open up our Bibles and let's read a few scriptures and then let's talk about them. Because in order for you to take this power, in order for you to take this move, we're going to have to quiet the voices. I want to talk to you, before we read this, I'm going to talk to you about the reason why, so you can get a sense of direction. I'm trying to help you in the spirit realm to gain momentum. I say trying, but you're guaranteed to gain the momentum if you pursue it. There's a sovereignty that God has given you, and he will not take it away. It is so serious, you could take it all the way to the lake of fire if you wish. But of course, God has better hope in you that you take it into the glory. So when I say, I hope, or I, 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 I am going to help, that's all I can do is hope and help. you got to make the decision. you got to take the steps. You have to make the moves necessary to make it happen. And so God is cooperating and collaborating with you, and his spirit is relentless, so he'll always be faithful to you, but he is counting on you to make the moves, okay? And so if you bring out your Bibles, open up your Bibles, and we're going to go to 2 Corinthians, and we're in the book of 2 Corinthians, and in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, and start in verse 3. For though we live in for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Okay, so how many of us have been waging war the way the world does? Stop doing that. You don't do that anymore. Test every spirit. We don't do we don't we don't wage war the way the world wages war. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. But on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself above the knowledge of Christ. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And when, and we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. See, you're walking in the completion of your obedience. Now, I don't want to talk about things that's not in your season to do. Because the devil will always try to get you to do something out of season. He will bring up your sin and make you believe that until you fix this sin, you're not right with God. But you have the blood of Jesus, and the issue has to be sincerity of heart and willingness and openness to change. Sincerity of heart and willingness and openness to change. I will change. I will yield. I will become broken. I will become trite. I may not be completely broken now. I might not be completely contrite now, but I will. I will. I will get more and more broken and more and more contrite, and my heart will yield more and more to the Holy Spirit as days go on. I rebuke you, devil, in the name of Jesus. Is this not a stick snatched from the fire? Take off those dirty priest clothes and put a fresh, clean priest clothes on him and put a turban on his head. And so we need to learn how to walk in the capacity to take captive every thought. Now, it says take captive every thought and bring it into obedience to Christ. How do you know Christ? You say, I know Christ. How do you know Christ? 
You know Christ because Christ was preached to you and the Spirit of God confirmed it. How do you know Christ? Because you're in your word and you're reading about the eyewitness testimony of the eyewitness apostles who eyewitnessed his testimony and his preaching and his miracles and his signs and his wonders. He said, you believe, you see, and you believe, and you are truly blessed. But more blessed is those who, who have not seen yet believe. Because your testimony comes from a supernatural movement based on faith. And so we're going to grow the faith muscle in you by teaching you his character. And then through his character, you will better know how to test spirits. And then you'll stop listening to these errant voices. And the more and more that you stop listening to errant voices that say they're God, but they are not God, but they are liars and of the devil... When you stop listening to those voices long enough and you start stringing together a consistent submission to God by taking captive thoughts and bringing them under submission to Christ, what ends up happening is you develop a momentum and a power and a strength that moves you into the next glory. What might be stopping you at times from moving to the next glory is that you're not growing in a greater consciousness of the knowledge of Christ, so you're not able to take captive thoughts more readily. And then because you can't take captive thoughts more readily at that next level of glory you're caught up in a spirit of confusion because the devil is changing himself into an angel of light and you're lacking the discernment to take captive the right thoughts consistently enough and so you're stuck but I rebuke that right now in the name of Jesus. You're not going to stay stuck. I don't care if you failed yesterday. I don't care if you failed five minutes ago. I don't care if you failed every single day last year. Now you will succeed. Now you will go forth. You've got to get up every morning with that spirit of expectation. I don't care all the mistakes that happened yesterday. I don't care all the errors of character I had last year. I don't care about the nagging, nagging, irritating flaws in my nature yesterday and the day before that and 10 minutes ago one thing I do letting go letting go of what's behind I strain I push in the spirit I push to go deeper I push I'm pushing this is a spiritual thing I'm pushing to go deeper. And to go deeper, you got to have confidence. You can't go, oh, uh, okay, uh, 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 yes, I'll go a little deep. No, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Ours is not a spirit of timidity, but sound-mindedness and faith and strength in Christ Jesus. So I push to lay hold of him who I know has already laid hold of me so that I can take captive every thought. I need to know what thoughts I can rebuke. I'll tell you a funny story because I want you to be able to flow in a freedom. I need you all tensed up. Okay. There's a sister. I think she's pastoring now. I don't know. I haven't talked to her in a while, but last I heard she was pastoring a church. She was one of my spiritual daughters and she found out that she could rebuke spirits. She said, I didn't even know you could rebuke spirits. She's like, and I rebuke this, and I rebuke that, and I rebuke this, and I rebuke that. Yeah, that's where you need to get to. At every level of glory, you're exposing the devil. That's what's happening. What's keeping you from the ever-increasing infinite glory is the devil and his voice. And you confuse sometimes his voice with God's voice, and you make mistakes, and then you go, oh, shoot, that was a mistake. That really wasn't God's voice. Okay, let me shift. Oh, man, how can I make sure it don't happen again? Oh, this, the devil got me again. Oh, I slipped and fall. Oh, man, I'm struggling. Right. Because God is communicating you with you spiritually, and Satan is also trying to communicate with you spiritually. And you've got to be able to take captive every thought and bring it into submission to Christ. And then as you begin to master taking captive every thought, you will then be ready to punish every act of disobedience as your obedience becomes complete. Let's open up another scripture. You got to take this to heart. The word of God has to have supremacy in your life or you'll go nowhere. John, 1 John chapter 4, and it says, Dear friends, do not believe, we're in first verse, every spirit. Wait, what? Wait, wait, let's go back. 2 Corinthians 10, right? And he says, um, Five, verse 5, we demolish arguments. What's an argument? 
you postulate something which might have been of the spirit. The devil makes an argument. You don't know how to refute the argument, so you can't take the thought captive. The thought lingers. The thought hovers. The thought is like, it's like a, your brain is like a womb. And the thought has now impregnated you. You didn't rebuke the thought. You didn't take the thought captive and bring it under subjection to Christ because you didn't know how to defend yourself against the argument. And so the spirit gained traction in your life. See, we're going to preach, we're going to teach, we're going to encourage, we're going to empower, we're going to speak life, but we're going to learn. See, disciples learn. One of the biggest problems in charismatic movements is we got a lot of charisma, 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 but we don't got a lot of learning, learning, learning. So we walk around the church and we praising and we worshiping and we falling around and we're laying down and, and we're spinning around on the ground. But then we get up and we are powerless to take thoughts captive. We're powerless to bring down every pretense that sets itself up above the what? Knowledge of God. For me to bring down things that are trying to raise itself above the knowledge of God, I got to ever be increasing in my knowledge of God. I can't get to the point where I know God so well that I can't learn anything new about God because I got to keep increasing my knowledge of God so I can take captive every pretense and every argument that is trying to set itself up above the knowledge of God. And so I know that I'm at a glory on that because that's the only place I can be because that's how much knowledge of God I have. But as I continue to grow in my knowledge of God and my willingness to take action, I now begin to demolish arguments I didn't even know were there. I begin to shut down pretenses I didn't even know was there. Because I wasn't at that knowledge of God to know. And so the arguments were making traction. Spirits were getting through. And spirits of confusion have entered my life. And if you want to go from glory to glory, you got to understand that this is all of our problem until we're Christ. So that means it's my problem, right? There's some knowledge I don't have. So there's some spirits of confusion in my life because I'm only at a certain level of glory. And so until I grow in my wisdom and knowledge of God and until I grow into a whole another level of glory, I'm going to have a problem demolishing these arguments. And some of these arguments I know are there. And some of these arguments I don't even know are there. And some of the things that I can do, I didn't even know I could do because the truth about me is hidden in Christ. And if it's hidden in Christ, that means in part, it's still hidden from me. So I have not arrived. I'm not cool, too cool for school. School is open every day. Teaching me every day in every way to grow to whatever increasing knowledge of Christ. And when will I be at peace? I'm always at peace. But the eternal peace will be the true peace that ends my need for sanctification because then I'm in the glory. So while I'm in my peace positionally, and while I have confidence finally, I am not at peace progressively because I'm at work progressively to get to the peace of finally. Now you gotta listen to that one in the spirit. Sound, you know, this message of the cross is foolishness to those perishing, but to us, it is the very saving factor of our lives. And so, uh, uh, Pastor, Pastor Dumas, amen. Yes, take authority over everything unlike God and cast it down. Hallelujah. And so, when you understand that we are disciples, which means we're always learning, whatever we know, to some extent, we have to act like we don't know, then we might better be able to come to know more about what we claim we already know. That's called sanctification. And a lot of us are stuck because we have gotten arrogant and prideful in our sanctification and we think we already know. So since we already know, can't nobody tell us nothing. And since can't nobody tell us nothing because we already know, then that's why we're stuck. Now we go, God, why am I stuck? And God's like, because you're stubborn. You're stubborn, you're hard-headed, you're prideful, you're arrogant, and you're egotistical. But no worries. I'm faithful. I'm going to stick around till I soften you up enough till you become another level of broken, another level of contrite, another level of humble, another level of yielding, and then I can move. And when I move, you'll be like, man, I put up with that all those years just because I didn't humble myself? Man, I need to humble myself more often. Amen for the revelation. 
Hallelujah. Let's look at another scripture. Let's look at another scripture. So we're back in 1 John chapter 4. We didn't finish. It says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. What? See, a lot of people, especially those who operate in prophecy, be running on with the mouth about a lot of things, thinking that it's from God, because they can tell it came from the spirit. And sometimes it didn't come from the spirit, it came from a spirit. You see, when he says, do not believe every spirit, <laughs> but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how we can recognize the spirit of God. For every spirit of God that acknowledges Jesus Christ. Now, there you go. How many of us know Christ perfectly? None of us. So what are we always learning more about Christ? So what am I always doing? Testing spirits, testing spirits, testing spirits, gaining wisdom, testing spirits, yielding to the Holy Spirit, testing spirits, going up prayers in all times of time, at all times and in all at all times and in all places, seeking a deeper understanding, a greater wisdom. This doesn't stop. This never stops. I don't care how many titles you got. I don't care what position you got. I don't care how many ordinations you've been through. I don't care how many people in your ministry. I don't care how many people follow you. I don't care what you're doing. Every day, this is an ongoing movement because we're going from glory to glory to ever-increasing glory until we reach the full glory, which is Jesus. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and is even in, and now is even in the world. Let's go on to the next scripture. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And it says, But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who has preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy was not yes and no, but in him it is always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ Jesus. Now I want you to understand what that means. Our Father is a person with a divine nature and a holy consciousness. So I want you to understand what it means when it says all things are yes in God. When you are seeking alignment and you're letting the spirit go before you, God never tells you no. Let me show you how no works in a relationship. You have a friend, you call them up, you tell them you want something from them, and they tell you no. How you feel? You don't feel too good, right? Now it's your friends, you think, oh, well, maybe they just having a bad day, or oh, maybe it was just too much stress on them, or oh, and you make excuses. Why do you gotta make excuses? Because if you just let that no sit, there's a rift between you and that person now. That's why you got to make excuses when you hear no. Okay? So Jesus is saying all things are yes in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to tell you no. But guess what? The Holy Spirit doesn't want to hear no either. Oh, come on now. Are we ready? Are we ready? Where are you telling the Holy Spirit no? That's where you're at right now. That's why you stuck wherever you stuck. And that's what's going to be your next ascension. When you can say yes, where you formerly said no. All things are yes in Christ Jesus. So what I need, I, I, I've gotten to this place. This is my prayer to God. God, may I never ask for something that you're going to tell me no. Because if you got to tell me no, that means I'm not in alignment with you. So I don't have a, I don't want nothing that the answer is no. I don't even want to ask a question that the answer is no. Because in this relationship, all things are yes in Christ Jesus. So if I'm getting a no, it's not the no is not the problem. The problem is I asked for something that got a no. That's, that's a deep point. I want you to think about that for a moment. Think about it. You, know, you have a close friend. You need something from you. You ask them. They tell you no. How you feel? So uh, the Holy Spirit is holy. The Holy Spirit is holy. He's holy. Holy, perfect and holy. Coming to sanctify us. We should not be telling the Holy Spirit no. When we tell the Holy Spirit no, we grieve the Spirit and the Spirit recoils in our consciousness. And this is where our spiritual malaise can sometimes appear. is because we're in a spirit of no towards the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is grieved. In the past, you would have been judged and punished 
but through the blood of Jesus, you're now in an intimate family relationship. And so the Holy Spirit isn't going to vanquish you or judge you. He's just going to be grieved. I will remain, but I am grieved because you told me no. The Bible says, grieveth not the Holy Spirit of God, which was sent to you for your redemption. This is a relationship. This is an intimate relationship. And all things are yes in Christ Jesus. So we got to get to a place where we're grieved when we say no to the Holy Spirit. Grieved enough that no becomes yes over the sanctification through the Spirit. And that's how we go from glory to glory. Some of us, we stuck on a no. Like, God's like, do this, no. I was like, well, we can't go nowhere until you do this. I don't care, no. And, and, and that no doesn't just sit in that one space. It's like an echo in a cave. That no, 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 no. Now whole sections of your life are impacted. You're, you're over here trying to fix this in the carnal. You're here fighting in the natural, but our weapons are not made of natural sources. You're here trying to fight in the natural with the human weapons of warfare, and you're frustrated you can't get nowhere. The problem's not even there. The problem's over here, where you told God no. So you're addressing the symptom, but you're not addressing the problem. It's funny, <laughs> I, I haven't spent too much time in the Baptist church. Not that I have anything against Baptists, don't get me wrong. It's just the way my upbringing came up. I didn't come up in, in, in a Baptist church. I was baptized in Amer African-American uh, um, um, Methodist Episcopal, okay? Um, and um, then uh, my mother became a Jehovah's Witness. And I, I never became a Jehovah's Witness. I left that. And I, and then I entered into the International Church of Christ and got, I'm talking about my baby baptism was in an AME. And then I got baptized again in the International Church of Christ, which was a fundamentalist Christian church. But God was calling me to a vision, to a mission, this mission that you see me on now. And so I didn't remain there. And then I got restored in a Pentecostal church. Okay. So I've been around a bit, but I didn't really spend too much in the Baptist church. But one of the few services I went to down there in South Carolina, they had a visiting pastor and he he would he ran around the church saying you got to get the root out you got to get the root out you got to get the root out <laughs> and, I, and I and at the time he was doing it I'm like you know you, you run around here just keep repeating that. that that ain't telling me nothing but here we are now I don't know about 40 years later and I'm or 30 plus years later and I'm like yeah that's right you got to get the root out somewhere you told God no when you should have said yes you now there struggling with the symptoms Instead of addressing the problem. All things are yes in Christ Jesus. But that goes two ways. Yes to the Holy Spirit. It's yes to you. No to the Holy Spirit can sometimes mean no to you. See how gracious God is? You're, you, you could tell God no. And God will still give you a yes. Do you see that? Sometimes God will give you a yes. Even when the answer should be no. Hmm. How faithful he is. But we're stuck on a no somewhere. You you got a no sitting in your spirit somewhere. We all do. So don't tell me no. But we all do. Or we'd already be Jesus. <laughs> somewhere we're struggling at that place, at the precipice of that next glory. We're struggling. So uh, I'm going to speak life into you, but we're also going to get educated. I'm going to speak life into you, but we're going to also increase in our knowledge of God. We're not going to just rah-rah, you know, in the locker room of a football game, the, the coach is rah-rah, 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 rah-rah. But then you still got to know how to run the ball. You still got to know the plays. You still got to know how to run from scrimmage. You still got to fight and push and kick and scream and do everything that's required. The rah-rah is to prepare you for the battle. Not, you know, some of us, what we've been doing is we attend a rah-rah session, then don't go on the field and play the game. We just like the rah-rah session. Well, in God, there's a great rah-rah session. The angels in heaven are rejoicing over one sinner that repents. There's a rah-rah, absolutely. But then we got to get on the field. We got to go to the field with that energy, with that power, with that anointing. We got to change our families. We got to change our kids. We got to change our neighborhood. We got to change our community.
So all things are yes in Christ Jesus. And I'm learning how to take thoughts captive because I got to break this spirit of confusion. I got to quiet the noise. There's too much noise. Too many people speaking here. We need to reduce the voice to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now we reduce the voice to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, yes, Holy Spirit, the answer is yes before you even ask. All things are yes in Christ Jesus. I see that spirit there. Stop. What are you? Captivate. Pull it out. Lock it in. Okay, what's this? Encapsulate that. Discharge it. You know how the body fights a disease? Where the white blood cells encompass the disease, like surround it. Okay? And kill it. And then your body excavated it. Excavates it. That's what we got to do with our mind. The thoughts of the enemy is like a disease. What we got to have is mental, spiritual, white blood cells, right? And these spiritual white blood cells wrap around that thought. <laughs> yeah, wait, 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 what's that right there? What's that hatred? What's that bitterness? What's that resentment? What's that evil right there that don't agree with Jesus? The Holy Spirit says, forgive, live and let live, move on, go forth. I got you. You didn't need it. Let it go. Okay, but you want to grieve, be traumatized, worry, anxiety. Wait a minute. That's a virus. Where's my spiritual white blood cells? Get rid of that thing. Wrap around it, crystallize it, take it, excavate it from your mind. I take captive every thought and bring it into subjection to Christ Jesus. Now, how can I do that? By growing in my ever-increasing knowledge of Christ Jesus. I'm in my word. I'm in my fasting. I'm in my prayer. I'm in my fellowship. I'm in my worship. And that's a lifestyle. That's not an occasional thing I do to tip my hat to God while I go about my business. That's a lifestyle. You got to get past the religion of Christianity and be the Christian. See, you're not in the Christian religion. You are the Christian religion. Your life, what religion do you practice? you live the beatitude life that's your life that's not a rule that's not a law that's your life and then chains start to break and then i rebuke the spirit of depression and doubt and fear and anxiety i, I rebuke the spirit of rejection and insecurity i want you to understand something the negativities wished upon you create sin in you if you don't handle them properly. I'll say again, I'll say it again. The negativities perpetrated upon you will produce sin in you if you don't handle them properly. Bitterness, resentment, anger, frustration, insecurity, worry, doubt, lovelessness, Vengeance, depression, fear, anxiety, cowardice. All these emotions that are not Jesus, you cannot allow those emotions to flow because they invoke spirits. Negatrons, <laughs> amen. <laughs> we have on, a, on the client today, Sister Meany. And uh, Sister Meanie's mom, <laughs> that's her. That, that, that's who I got that word from, Meanie. <laughs> I got that word from your mom, Negatrons. <laughs> I've been using that word ever since. <laughs> that's right, Negatrons. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. <laughs> you got to get to that space. Amen. That's what you hear a lot in the church now, talking about that find your tribe, find your tribe. They're talking about find your support group, that space that you reside in where that's my inner circle, where I don't have no negatrons. Okay. But, you know, again, that errant thought, that thought, that, that thought that invokes a spirit. Do you know words and thoughts invoke spirits? You, you think there's a benign, there's no such thing as a benign thought. Did you know that? There's no such thing as a thought that's neither here nor there. 
There are only two paths. So the thought either takes you closer to Jesus or by definition, it takes you further away. Every thought. Every single thought. There isn't one thought in your mind that does not apply to. Every thought in your mind either takes you closer to Jesus or further away from him. Now, imagine if you start putting together strings and strings of thoughts over days and weeks and months and years of Christ-centered thoughts. What kind of momentum, supernatural, dunamis power movements in your life would be birthed if you get the momentum going? Part of the spiritual battle the enemy is waging against you is to crush your momentum. You think, I got the victory. He's like, yeah, you got the victory, but I stopped you. And I'm going to let you roll for two, three more weeks. Then I'm going to hit you again. You'll eventually get the victory. But what I'm going to do is make sure you never have more than two or three weeks worth of momentum. I can't afford for you to have two, three, four months worth of momentum. That would become a problem for me. Because then you'll be at another level of glory. And now i got to fight with you in a different way. I don't want to have to do that. I want to keep you stuck right here. So I rebuke that right now in the name of Jesus. You're not going to be stuck. You're not going to be living with negative emotions and negative experiences and negative attitudes and negative feelings. You're not going to walk around feeling less than. You're not going to walk around feeling insecure. You're not going to walk around in doubt and fear and worry. You're not. You're not. You're not. You know, there's a, there's a word that says, stand still and know that he is God. Well, to stand still, you got to stand. He didn't say lay still or sit still. He said stand still. And that means stand confidently and watch me move. Some of us, we're being still, but we ain't standing still. We're wavering and rocking. Like a strong wind is blowing. But one properly anchored in the dirt does not move at the sign of wind. So when you start to think about these things, taking thoughts captive, bringing in subjection to Christ, so that a momentous flow of spiritual knowledge emanates from you, then life starts to enter into every situation and you develop this, this kind of Midas touch. You know, the Midas touch, the whole Midas, the guy, everything he touched turns to gold, okay? You know, my daughter likes that show Moana. I'm sure some of you have children. They've, they've watched that show. You've probably seen it yourself. And so the, the, there's, there's this, uh, this, they call Mother Nature Tafiki. And, you know, of course, this demigod steals the heart of Tefiki. And so Tefiki, which is Mother Nature, and everything she touches grows. You put a hand down, flowers appear, grass appears, all kinds of things start growing. But when you took away the heart of Tefiki, she became a fire-branding, like, volcano-like inferno that destroys and kills everything. The story of Moana is that she restores the heart of Tefiki. Very interesting metaphors in this movie, right? Because isn't that what Jesus did? He's restoring the heart of Tefiki. But if he restored the heart of Tefiki, then why, how come when you put down your hand, things ain't growing? Ah, because you don't expect it to. That's why. So you're supposed to start expecting it. If God has restored the heart of Tefiki, of course, I'm using this as a metaphor, then I should be able to lay, every time I put my foot down, trees start to appear, daisies, grass, everywhere I put myself is life, life. I, I speak life, I bring life. Do you know that to create life, you must destroy something? Life is made of substance. So that which is dead is activated and brought alive. Even in negative situations, I'm talking to you about this, we're going to let you go here. Talking about this, even in negative situations, you're called to bring life. But to bring life, something has to die. I said everything. Put a seed in the ground. The seed doesn't itself appear to be life. But the seed dies and roots start to come out. And that's alive and moving around. 
and it's drawing nourishment from the, 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 the soil. Now, the nourish, nourishment is drawn from, that's dead. But when it draws it, uses it for life. To create life, something has to die. So even in negative situations, when you enter into negative situations, you are also bringing life because you're encouraging the death of something dark so that something light can appear from it. We should not walk around like we can only see our hand right in front of our eyes. We need to have vision. I have vision and I have faith. So when I walk into a situation, I walk into a situation to speak the word of God. Even if the word of God brings some form of destruction, the destruction it brings is to death and darkness. And by destroying the death and darkness, I open up an opportunity for life to spring out of it. I can't just look at the emotions of the immediate situation and let everything be driven by my emotional center. I got to trust God and operate in the spirit realm. And so you're called to bring life into every situation, even situations where you got to shut something down or even situations where you got to bring what appears, quote unquote, in the natural to be a form of destructive activity. To plant seeds, you got to break dirt. To build a house, you got to cut down trees. You got to saw wood. You got to break dirt too. You got to drive down pillars. Hammering, breaking, sawing, nailing. Something's being broken. Something's being destroyed while something is being made alive. But in the end, you have a house. No one looks and goes, oh my goodness, look at how many things they're sawing and look at all of that sawdust and all oh, those nails going into the wood. Nobody thinks about that because they know that that's part of building. Some of us, we're, 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 we're scared to tear down darkness and that's why we can't bring light. I'm going to leave you with that today. I believe God is going to speak to you further. Take this into your prayer closet. For whatever reason, God didn't close this off on a closed end. He closed it off on an open end. But maybe that's because he wants to take you the rest of the way. Hallelujah. Father Lord, we thank you for this word. We thank you, Father God. We plead the blood over the lives of all the saints here today. Father God, I pray, Father God, against that running spirit, Lord. We like to run. Father, we run. And situations get thick, we run. And situations get good, we run. We we scared of success. We scared of failure. We just want to sort of sit there. <laughs> I pray, Father God, we lose that attitude. We're going forward. We're going forth. We're going to be courageous. We're going to stand up. We're going to fight. And we're going to be still. Stand still and know that you are God. Standing on your word, standing on the promises of God, and knowing you'll see it through. Not wavering in our faith and dashing about by every sort of teaching, but in stillness and righteousness and fullness in Christ Jesus, sober-mindedness and humility and brokenness and a yielded heart, we stand still and know that you were God, growing in our knowledge of Jesus Christ, that we might take captive every thought and bring it in subjection to you. May our hearts be humbled and broken before you, my God. May we stay submitted in the glory, humbled in the grace, confident, santo. Uh, somebody in here right now, in the spirit of God, I pray confidence in your life right now. You, you're operating in an era of, of, of lack of confidence, and you think it's like benign. It's like it's not sinful. Your lack of confidence is sinful. Have confidence in God. Remember how God got angry at Moses. He was sending him to be the messianic ruler of an entire nation, the nation that would become the bride of the father, the nation that would give birth to a child, and that child would become the Lord and Savior, the firstborn son of God in man, the firstborn son of God in heaven, and he was called to be the leader of all that. He was scared to speak. God said, who made the tongue? Let us have confidence. I pray a spirit of confidence upon you right now. And if you don't have confidence, borrow some of ours. Borrow some of ours. That's what a support group's for. 
for you to be able to lean on emotionally, for you to be able to lean on spiritually. I don't got enough confidence. I don't got enough power in my own strength. I'm too weak. Don't worry. We're going to build you up. Look, even weightlifters in the gym know how to help each other out. We need to know how to help each other out. You can't push that weight no more. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. One person's hand on one bar, another person's hand on another. Just keep pushing. Just keep pushing. They lift it up just enough past what you can't do. Do you know that you build more muscle during that time than the whole workout? I pray right now, if you lack confidence, plug in, stick around. Let the spirit of confidence transfer to you. We like to talk a lot about negative transference of spirits. Let's talk about some positive transference of spirits. Borrow some hours till you got enough of your own. That's what I did. I borrowed some other people's anointing. Borrowed some other people's grace. Borrowed some other people's confidence. Borrowed some other people's faith. Trusted in other people's faith and walk in God while mine was struggling until I could build mine up. I didn't do it so it could become my life experience. I did it so I could have a better life experience by building the confidence in my in my God, in myself, so I could walk independently while interdependently being connected to the body. There's nothing wrong with being dependent as long as you're working towards independence to interdependence. See, the thing is that we often want to not seem dependent, but we're already dependent. What we need to do is learn how to flow towards interdependence that works in interdependence. Take that one to the Lord. God doesn't want you to be completely independent, but he did make you independent. So why would he make you independent if he didn't want you to be independent? Because he wanted you to be interdependent and you can't become interdependent, okay, until you've developed a degree of independence. Ah, you don't got enough courage, borrow some hours. Find the support group that will lend you some of their courage, some of their confidence, some of their wisdom, some of their knowledge of God. There's some of you here that need to hear that word. You, you need to hear that word. You need to connect and allow the glory of God to take you to the next level. You need to connect and find the glory of God to take you to the next level. Why you think when God put the scales on Paul's eyes, he didn't take them off himself? He said, I need you to understand something, Paul. I'm going to send you as my emissary to the Gentiles, but I need to you to understand something. There is a body. You don't do this by yourself. So he blinded him to humble him, to break him, and then he sent someone to remove the scales from his eyes. Some of y'all on straight street right now. See, for Paul, that was get straight street. <laughs> Let's get it straight. You might be the great apostle Paul, amen, amen, and amen. But there's an interdependence that needs to be understood here. You don't do this by yourself. And so I pray right now for strength and courage. Lose that spirit of depression. Lose that spirit. You, it says you are. You should be of sound mindedness and strength. You should be in the joy of the Lord. Be joyful in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. I can't. I'm struggling. Well, borrow some hour rejoicing. Plug in and get and get the rejoicing. Okay. You you, uh, you got insecurity. Plug in and get some security. I, I I I'm I'm fearful. Plug in and get some strength and courage. Not so that you can become institutionalized, but so that you can become independent to flow in interdependence. So that you can see the body for who she is. And see, the enemy is trying to blind you. He loves isolating and cutting off people. Why do you think he wants to isolate you and cut you off? Why do you think that spirit keeps telling you, don't plug in, don't fellowship, just sit here in the corner, just me and you, just me and you, this is unique and special, it's just me and you, nobody understands what me and you are doing, that's the devil, straight up.
And so, isn't that how predators attack a herd? A herd is attacked because the predator runs after him and he, and he zigzags the herd. What is he doing? Why, why is he zigzagging this herd? Why is he zigzagging them? He's zigzagging them because he's trying to see who can't keep up. And then whoever can't keep up, then the next one tries to cut them off from the herd. Why? Because as long as they're in the herd, they have confidence. When they're isolated, they lose their confidence. You know, sometimes we're not animals, but you can learn something about carnal nature from watching animals. If you notice when he finally, that doe, as long as it stays with the herd, it, it, even though it's struggling and it's zigzagging and staying with the herd, you know, you, it's, it's hard for the lion to get him. But once he drifts off a little bit from the herd and then they're able to cut him off and then he's all by himself, all of a sudden he seems to lose heart, don't he? He stands and he looks and he's afraid and he doesn't know where to go because he has no more direction. He's no longer in the herd. Wildebeest. Lions zigzag wildebeest. You know why they zigzag wildebeest? Not just to get the young wildebeest. Looking for the old one too. They're called a dagger boy. The one that can't climb the mountain, someone, the one that can't climb out the water so fast, it's the old, old, old wildebeest, the dagger boy. And some people from West Indies, now you, a lot of, the term was used a lot, nobody, I ain't no dagger boy, <laughs> right? That's what he's talking about. That's what a wildebeest, wildebeest that's old and gets decrepit and can't keep up with the group. Well, how many of you know, you don't grow older in Christ Jesus, you grow stronger. In the flesh, you might age like bread, but in the spirit, you age like wine. So you're not a dagger boy. You're not a fresh fawn. Stick with the herd. Move with the body. Move with the body. There's strength in numbers. That's why the enemy is always trying to isolate you. Because that's the only way he can take you down. You're strong. You're powerful in Christ Jesus. He can't take you down if you stay with the herd. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to Christ. But if he can isolate you, get you to lose heart, you can give him the strong man power. The strong man power you possess. Hallelujah. That was just something. That was a riff in the spirit. I felt it was from God. You can test the spirits and determine for yourself. Father Lord, I just ask you that you continue to bless the souls, continue to strengthen them, continue to show unity in the spirit, my God. You're bringing us together in a oneness. You're bringing us together in a holiness and you're strengthening us and you're making us full and complete in you. Help us, my God. Help us. Help us to stand firm and to not be pray, pray for the enemy, Lord. Help us, my God, to stand firm. And I rebuke every negative spirit. I rebuke every unclean spirit. I rebuke every settling spirit right now in the name of Jesus. Don't settle. I don't settle. I press on to lay hold of him who laid hold of me. Enough is when I'm in heaven. Until then, it's never enough. There's always more. From glory to glory to ever-increasing glory until the fullness of Christ. Not glory and glory and ever-increasing glory till I lived good enough for what I thought I was going to be able to do because I'm a female or because I'm black or because I'm Spanish or because I'm a minority or because I'm not a minority or because I'm short or because I'm tall or because I'm big or because I'm small. You, you, you're measuring everything by your physical presence and the opinion that other people have about it. And so God can't do nothing with you because I'm not, I've never been good with speaking. Who made the tongue? So it's never enough and it's never too late and it never stops from glory to glory to ever increasing glory to the fullness of Christ. From glory to glory to ever increasing glory to, you know this, you know this already, you know this already, hallelujah, you know this already, but there's a lying spirit, there's a lying spirit, there's a lying spirit and you gotta take it captive and bring it in submission to Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord. I'm trying to let you go. 
I'm trying to let you go. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, my God, for the ever-increasing wisdom that you continue to shine upon us, the ever-increasing glory that you shine upon us, my God. We're humbled, my God. Every time I see you show up, I immediately get humbled, my God, because you're an infinite, almighty, all-powerful God, yet you took the time to minister to us in this situation at this hour. And so we're grateful, and we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus name we pray and the body of Christ says can we get an amen amen amen, amen. yes Lord amen saints amen amen praise yes, God Lord. have a great morning saints you all too you all too